0: You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber see special offers available now at premierchristianity.com it was the late dallas willard who said that he knew of no nationally prominent christian leader whose family had not paid a price for their success the challenges of family life are often the hidden but very real challenges for the christian leader and today i'm joined by a man who faced an agonizing time with a teenage daughter but has now turned the pain into a company that has become a blessing to many. His name is Nick Pollard. He's the co-founder of Damaris Trust and now founder with his wife, Carol, and daughter Lizzie of Family Mental Wealth, a government-funded social enterprise working in collaboration with a number of groups. So, Nick, uh, perhaps we could start by you telling the story of how your daughter Elizabeth became ill. It's
1: crept up slowly. and. um that's a problem, I think, you know, often for parents. We don't see, you know, what's the difference between actually the development of a mental ill health uh, or normal teenage adolescent behavior? Um, but she started restricting food. She started exercising. And they got to a point where actually you could see that it was becoming uh, obsessive it was becoming pathological it wasn't actually within the bounds of normal variants of uh, of behavior um and um she then very quickly descended and became very ill uh she was exercising relentlessly she was refusing uh food and um she got to a stage where she'd she'd hardly eaten anything for days in fact she describes it um as um she says she wouldn't even brush her teeth because of intrusive thoughts telling her that toothpaste had calories in it it had got to that kind of point and um she then was experiencing quite extreme pain and my wife took her into the hospital and they took her straight in and um, i was away at the time i got the call saying you need to come back now it's lizzie she's in hospital and it's serious i cancelled everything dashed back as quickly as i could got to the hospital with flowers in my hand and fear in my heart um and uh not really realizing how dangerous it had become so quickly uh in those uh last days and weeks and um I remember the doctors taking me aside and saying, look, you know, you've got to realize she, she could die. She is so ill. And uh, that um, uh, emergency admission to hospital literally saved her life. Um, she went from there to six months in an inpatient unit. Um, and so that was a, a very difficult time for her and a big learning experience for us as parents. My background's in psychology. You know, I trained originally as a research psychologist, heading towards an academic career, Um, and so I kind of think, well, you know, what kind of father am I? How had I not noticed it? How had I not done it? done something about it? But the fact is that actually, it's different when it's your own family, and it's like that story of the 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 frog in the in the saucepan that stays there as the water heats up. Uh, those incremental changes you don't really notice them or take them seriously um, well, but yeah carry on
0: <clears throat> i'm gonna yeah. say it, nick but you you had the courage to not uh keep silent and quiet about this <laughs> you know you you faced it as a family no doubt but at some point you realized that that your story could be of value to others
1: yes i think um we were in a fortunate situation because of my background in psychology that i was able to um read up understand and apply Uh, what is now called the new Maudsley method for skills-based caring developed at the South London and Maudsley NHS which is one of our core partners now um, uh, and King's College London and and that's all about uh, equipping parents and carers with the knowledge and skills to be able to facilitate family-based self-help and Lizzie will always say she's uh Immensely thankful for the health professionals who helped her and literally saved her life. Um, But she says what really made the difference was that family-based self-help. And that was possible for us. And so some while later, once Lizzie had recovered, come back to health, got to medical school, qualified as a doctor, um, she said to me one day in those inevitable ways that uh, daughters do to their dads, she said, Dad... Uh, Yeah, you know you're in for something, don't you, then? Uh, Dad, you know you and mum have started lots of social enterprises. Why don't we start a social enterprise to help families build their mental health and well-being? And that was really the birth of family mental wealth. And although our personal story is about an eating disorder, family mental wealth helps people with uh, all sorts of um, uh, mental health challenges that young people face, anxiety, depression... OCD, self-harm, there are uh, about 18% of young people from the latest NHS figures, about 18% of young people are experiencing mental ill health. And it comes in various forms. But the joy is that the um, new Maudsley method for skills-based caring, these kind of skills you can develop, um, are um, transferable, whatever situation you're in. And they can also help prevent mental ill health as well if we can help the young person to develop a mentally healthy life Um, and so we kind of put a flag in the ground and said look you know we're wanting to set up this organization uh, focused on family-based self-help bringing evidence-based clinically sound uh, um, uh, approaches to equipping parents and carers the kind of things that are often delivered by clinicians but instead delivered by parents in a family situation and um so we kind of put that flag in the sand and we were just remarkably overwhelmed by people gathering around it. nhs bodies south london and maudsley southern health nhs universities like sussex university and um, uh, southampton university and then particularly we started attracting government funding funding from the department for health and social care because that we know that the um the growth of mental ill health amongst young people Uh, Even with the best will in the world and you throw as much money as you like at it, we aren't going to be able to train and provide the clinicians that are necessary for helping them directly clinically. Right now, the Royal College of Psychiatrists says that 10% of consultant psychiatrist posts are empty, vacant. They can't fill them. So there's a shortage right now of clinicians. Uh, and it's never going to keep up with the future, uh, demand. But the fact is what, what we have got is parents and carers. And, um, they're, you know, they're, they're the closest to the young people. They know them. Uh, they are the most consistent in their lives. They don't change jobs and move on after six months. You know, they're, they're, um, and, and of course, From a health economics perspective, from the NHS budget, they're also the cheapest. So uh, if we can, therefore, that's why we've been attracting this government funding, to create a set of digital tools to equip parents with the knowledge and skills. And now we've just created these digital tools for young people to use themselves within a family context.
0: That's brilliant, Nick. Well, we'll maybe go come on to look at that in a bit more detail a little later Um, i'm just interested from a uh just the the story narrative side of things on um on the age of of lizzie when she uh she was first ill and then she obviously ended up becoming a medical doctor so uh, i just wonder if the two were connected in any way
1: um she had always wanted to be a doctor she'd always seen that in the, in the future she started becoming ill when she was about 13 she became dangerously uh, uh, ill when she was 14 in, in psychology we we talk about mild moderate and severe mental ill health we never talk about serious mental ill health by the way because all mental ill health is serious okay. um no matter what level it is but mild moderate severe and so it starts off as mild and if it's if one doesn't have the appropriate early intervention uh it can become moderate and then become severe and so she became severely ill when she was 14 um and it was a long recovery journey for her um uh and even when she went off to medical school you know it it came back uh o- often that will happen at, at Uh, crucial points in someone's life uh one can follow that in terms of case stories and case studies of of people often times of transition will make it uh revert uh yeah
0: what you faced was a kind of classic leadership situation that there's you faced a problem and you thought we need to solve the problem but also we need to create a world where this problem is lessened for other people yeah. What was? How did you find your journey? Because you've done this many times before. How was your journey at this stage of your life to, uh, regarding this particular issue uh, as a leader?
1: Unexpected, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, when Lizzie suggested that we start Family Mental Wealth, I was kind of approaching my mid-60s, and you're kind of thinking, oh, is it time to be winding down? Have I got anything more to give? Um, but uh, uh, so unexpected that this opportunity and now this phenomenal opportunity that, that, that we've got um, and uh, family mental wealth is not a faith-based organization because we're working in collaboration with NHS bodies and uh, universities and we're funded by the government. So it's not a faith-based organization. But for Lizzie and myself and my wife, Carol, it's very much our motivation is actually comes out of our Christian faith that we have been through something. And the the, the comfort that we've received from God, we share with others. You know, that's a, a biblical principle. Um, and that knowledge and expectation that no matter what age you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter what struggles, uh, God still calls you to do things um i i, I going to look this up uh andy um because uh i i'm sure my vicar uh, always does all his study beforehand uh but he when he was uh, preaching on wednesday at our midweek communion he was so he was preaching on the uh passage in john's gospel about the vine bearing fruit um and he was saying that actually the interesting thing about vines is that the more you prune them the more fruit and actually, the older they get, the more fruit, so that you, they don't like kind of die out and stop fruiting. Um, now, I've got to look that up to see whether that's uh, botanically true. Um, uh, biblically, of course, we've always got to be very careful about not pushing an illustration, a parabolic illustration, too far. That isn't what Jesus said, but actually, it is consistent with the rest of scripture, which is always the question. Uh, and you see, People in scripture all the way through who, you know, they don't give up at a particular time. Think how old Abraham was, think how old Moses was. You think of the apostles. Um uh they didn't say, Oh, it's time for me to retire now and spend my life on cruise ships, you know, they were still bearing fruit right to the end. Um, and I think that's the message for all of us that God can open doors uh to actually have an even more fruitful ministry um
0: in, in later years no that's terrific to hear and that'll be a word for for someone listening who maybe is the <clears throat> wrong age of middle age shall we say so fantastic um so uh, let's talk a little bit more in detail about how your uh, ministry serves individuals and families uh obviously with the eye of of those leaders of, of, of churches charities even in the commercial world who who might come across folk and clearly in a church this is very likely who are suffering or or certainly need an approach to mental health so what what are the tools that you've um sought to develop
1: yes certainly in every family in every street in every community and particularly in every church there will be people experiencing mental ill health and um Particularly young people, I mean this statistic of eighteen percent of young people experiencing mental ill health, you know that 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 still exists also within the within the church um and so what we provide uh, at familymentalwealth.com, I, I always have to say to people, it's family mental wealth, not family mental health. It's yes. a clever play on words of health no, and well-being yeah. and, and positive. But some people then say, "Oh, it's family mental health." No, familymentalwealth.com. Uh, we we provide resources for parents and carers that can also be used by clergy, by youth leaders. There is a parent toolkit there and if you go on and click through to the parent toolkit um, you can get access to the first part of it completely free um, it's uh, uh, there is then a subscription if you want to access the more in-depth stuff uh, there's over a hundred short videos uh, from experts there's an e-learning kind of facility um, over a hundred short videos from from e- experts but also from ordinary people who've been through it, parents and children who have come through mental ill health. And and this teaches some of these skills, some of the new Maudsley skills. Uh, new Maudsley skills, because it's developed in an academic and clinical environment, they kind of uh, use rather technical terms. And one of the things we've done is make those more accessible. Uh, They have terms like supporting self-efficacy and uh, developing uh, discrepancy. Uh, Well, you know, what we've done is we've created terms like um, be the anchor, not the captain. Uh, Be curious, not furious. And so turning helping people to learn how to be curious, not furious, when a young person is behaving in a particular way is a particular skill. Um, how to be an anchor, not a captain, to recognize that that young person or indeed the older person in the community, they're on their recovery journey and and we're not there to drive them along that recovery journey. We're there to keep them safe and support them. And I'll give you an illustration. Uh, In the early days of Lizzie's illness, I felt it was as if we were in a rowing boat rowing really hard against a fast-flowing river, struggling to get up the river to a place called Lizzie is Well again. And I, as the dad, felt my job was to get this rowing boat up there to Lizzie being well. So I'm rowing really hard, and my wife's rowing really hard, and other families are rowing really hard, and then I look round and there's Lizzie rowing in the opposite direction. And anyone who's experienced this with a young person uh, will The anger you feel, the frustration you feel. Um, And then one day it struck me, Andy. I thought to myself, I've got the wrong goal. My goal is not to get Lizzie up there to that place where she's well. Only she can do that. It's her recovery journey. It has to take place inside her mind, inside her heart, inside her soul. Uh, My goal is not to get her up there. My goal is to keep us all together in the boat. And as long as I can keep us all together in the boat, supporting her, loving her, affirming her, then, okay, if she, if we drift downstream a little bit, as long as I've got an anchor ready, so when do I need to intervene to keep her safe? When is she at risk of irreversible harm? Um, it's being the anchor, not the captain. And Lizzie says... Um, that when I had that realization, she says it's like I changed from leading her on to cheering her on, and showing that actually I had faith in her. I believed in her. She says it. It gave her the confidence to believe in herself again and feel that she could overcome uh, this.
0: Nick, that's that's enormously helpful. Not not least because, as you've alluded to, our uh, um, mental health service is if I can use that language, is 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 stretched. And so some folk who are concerned about their child may have a an 18 months or longer to wait before they can be seen. That you're giving them tools that they can do in the meantime, not not denying they may not need a diagnosis at some point, but actually that's a long time to wait if if there's a daily challenge
1: you're absolutely right the way that lizzie describes it she's working in general practice now uh, and she says in the gp surgeries across the country you know mr smith will bring in his daughter jane and, and say look jane's developing depression or anxiety or ocd or self-harm or whatever what can you do doctor and, and lizzie says the reality is that perhaps the best they can do is say okay look i will refer you to specialist services who may or may not accept you if they do accept you they'll probably put you on a waiting list unless you're someone is is dangerously or it's all about um kind of risk management really um so for most people they will go on a waiting list joining the other literally hundreds of thousands of young people on waiting lists and wait six months a year maybe two years that's a long time in a young person's life but as lizzie says there's so much that this dad and his wife can do right now if only they were given the tools right now. So the idea is they can be referred to the parent toolkit on our our website so that they can learn the skills. And now we've created also uh, Headway, a um, well, in the NHS, it's called a digital medical device. To you and me, it's an app, Um, uh, a a digital medical device. that actually can be used by parents, but particularly by young people themselves. So Headway, again, if people go to familymentalwealth.com, they can click on find out uh, about Headway under our parent uh, resources, resources for parents. Um, It's uh, an app that uh, provides insight tools for parents to use with their young person and therapeutic activities for the young person to use. Now, these are all solid, evidence-based, clinically sound. Uh, Our collaborators at the School of Psychology at the University of Sussex did a huge amount of research for us uh, on what are the best evidence-based insight uh, well what we call in psychology psychometric tests and what are the best evidence-based therapeutic activities so what we've created uh just so far as a um, a pilot of this a prototype of this it's got two insight tools one's called a thought slider and another one's called a feelings wheel um, and they are to uh based upon psychometric tests for two of the underlying risk factors that drive mental ill health um, one of those is perfectionism uh, and the other is uh, a, a personality trait called um, uh, negative emotionality so perfectionism is driving oneself very hard to be the best at one, one can all, all the time and putting oneself under a huge amount of pressure negative emotionality is a a, a personality trait where people tend to react with negative emotions to things if um, they have the same experience as someone else um, they would uh, react with a negative emotion because we all react people think um Well, our emotions and feelings um, are to do with our experience. And it's not at all. It's actually to do with the way in which our mind works, how we respond to that experience. So, and what these insight tools do is help parents with their young person in some interactive activities in the app to be able to identify where the child is on those particular risk factors so that then they can uh, work out ways in which they can mitigate those risk factors as we call it developing um developing protective factors to reduce the impact of those risk factors maybe that we can't change our personality this is the way i am uh but actually there are things i can do to actually mean that it won't be so damaging to my mental health so there then there are these four therapeutic activities um uh, uh in their digital uh tools that young people can use themselves and they love it that we we've just done all this usability testing with uh, the University of Sussex and you know it's come back with people saying oh it's so good you know uh, my my son or daughter you know been using it every day loves it and uh, finds it so helpful it's helped us to become so much more positive. Um so these are based upon evidence-based therapeutic approach um we're now um talking with the Department of Health about the the next stage of funding to create a full deployable app with uh 10 different therapeutic activities and six insight tools for different risk factors that drive mental ill health
0: Nick that's terrific thank you so much for for sharing this story and also for being an example really of of an issue that a leader has faced and overcome and, and been such a blessing to others. So, uh, that's a real, real blessing. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That was my conversation with Nick Pollard, co-founder of family mental wealth. And you can find more about the parenting toolkit and the app headway, which he talked about by going to www.familymentalwealth.com. Much of it is free to use, and as you do so, you'll want to subscribe to get more benefits. Indeed, it's good to bookmark this page if you're in pastoral ministry and come across those who would especially value better understanding of mental health, especially parents. You may even want to include details in a church or charity newsletter. Nick's story is a classic case of someone taking their tough time and using it for God's purposes. May his story be an inspiration to us all to look for the diamonds in the dust of life with the eyes of God and see what he will do. This is Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for your company and looking forward to the next time. You've been listening to The Profile
1: in association with Premier Christianity magazine.